be still. And know that I am God. Understand that in times like these, I will rescue my own. In times like these, I will always have my children by my side. In times like these, I will look after those who I love. In times like these, I will seek whose hearts are turned toward me. In times like these, I will search for not only the provision for myself, but for the provision of my people. Do not seek to the right or to the left, but seek upward for my provision comes from me. Your provision is in God. Be still and know that I am God and that I will always look after my children. It will be the very thing that denotes that you are my children. And it will be a testimony unto the world that my children are safe and that my children are rescued by the one living God. It will be a testimony unto myself. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all will be added unto you. For that is the word of the Lord. There's a sobriety in our nation. There's a sobriety, I think, not only of our nation, but of the world. And uh, why is that? Well, I think that because of the events by the scene of the eye, by what has happened 
And so it will take the laying down of the sheep. That's what pastors do. That's what shepherds should be doing. Not alarmist, but shepherds should go and say, not chicken little that the sky is falling, but should be saying God is in control and that God is able to rescue his people no matter what the issue. God has always been there for his people. And in light of government sin, uh, democracies and other types of governments, it was always in the hands of God. And he decided which government rose and which government fell. And he decided which government would take over another government, and he's the one that decided which government was used to bring about punishment and captivity and used them as his source as to how they should be used to punish a nation. And but it was all by God's design. And even though it was God's people, he was always their provision. Always. 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 And when his people decided to go outside of his instruction, he made sure that it didn't last. I'm going to send your provision, which at the time of the of the wandering in the wilderness, I'm going to send you manna. I'm going to send you food. And they said, okay. And they said, well, like all good administrators, we better gather some for tomorrow. Now that went outside of his word. He said, only gather enough for today. And But they didn't. Some of them didn't. And so when they went back to the pantry to go get their ones that they did for tomorrow, it was spoiled. And he said, what I tell you? Do not gather more than what you need for today. There's always a reason for God to say, trust me. Trust me. I will make sure that you have enough. God is the same. When? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We can rely on Him. His trust has always allowed us to be secure in what He has done yesterday, today, and it will be tomorrow. 
that is the goodness of God. And so, where is it that we can rely on? Well, last week I talked about the Word of God. And today, the kingdom is all about that Word. And the issue comes down to how do you value the Word of God in your life? Do you value that Word as gold or do you value as something that you would trample on? Now, those are two extremes. Are you somewhere in between? Do you value the Word of God as, eh? Or do you value the Word of God as, I like these parts. I I like the, the ones that I'm good at. That's usually us. I like the ones that I'm good at. You know, I shine through those. But, hey, those that I'm not so good at, we don't read very often. And yet God is saying, I can really help you through those. And so, today, I want to talk to you about the very propeller of your boat in God is how you esteem that word in your life to get you down the road in the kingdom of God. How you esteem the word of God in your life is the propeller that gets you from point A to point B. Because if you don't esteem it, you're going to sit still. I don't care how much you read it. I don't care how much you listen to it. I don't care. I don't care how many times you come to church and sit in the pew. If you don't esteem the Word of God in your life, it does you no good. It's just something that fills your day or your week. But it has to be one that you are going, this is Gold to me. It is something that I value so much that I can't live without. And so the kingdom of God is propelled by the Word of God. Let's start with Luke 12, 27 through 32. Consider the lilies, how they grow. Hey, come in. Come on in. I'll wait for you. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, 
Oh, ye of little faith. And seek not ye what you shall eat and what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. And all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and all your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things? I'm going to ask you a question, and you don't have to raise your hand. I'm going to raise mine. I don't pray for the food that I need to eat tomorrow. I don't. Do you? You don't have to shake your head. You don't have to, you don't have to admit to anything. I'm telling you, I don't. And he's saying, God still knows that I've got to eat tomorrow. And he says, I know that. And I've got provisions ready for you. How, how much stuff does God already have laid and planned for me because I have need of it? Because that's my son. And he's going to need that tomorrow. How many of you mothers who got your son or daughter ready for school the next day, they were already in bed, asleep, but you stayed up ironing a shirt or a pair of pants or got whatever they needed in preparation for what they were going to do tomorrow. Because why? Because you cared. Because you cared. Because you loved them. And they never knew what you did. They never knew what you did. We are the same way. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes with God. God is, is moving, moving, maneuvering. He's working behind the scenes. He's, he's doing all of this and He's going, you don't know how much I love you because I am willing, I'm so willing to work behind the scenes to make sure you're taken care of. It's not, it's, it's not a burden to me. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do it for the grass that's going to be thrown into the oven and scorched and, and be gone with. How much more am I going to do it for you? Who has value to me? I'm going to do it. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you see what he's saying here? He's saying... I'm doing this so you don't have to be preoccupied with the things that you already need because I'm going to take care of them. You'll be occupied with the things that are of the kingdom of God. Be, be occupied and be thinking about what God wants in your kingdom right now. What, how is the kingdom of God growing in you so that what you are looking, you're not toiling, what am I going to eat, what am I going to drink, oh my gosh, I need to go get a job, I, I, need, I need to go do these things. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to go get a job. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that if you are 
overly anxious about something that God already taken care of, you're maybe spending too much time taking care of something that God's already doing. And so therefore, you need, he's going, you're looking in the wrong place. Because he says, I got other stuff you need to be looking at. It's called the kingdom. The kingdom. I got you doing some stuff. I need you to be. He says, we should not be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. The devil's over here having some fun in your playground. And you're over here going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And he's going, ha, 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 I got them worried about that stuff over there. And he's going, God's going, I got this over here. I got it. You don't got to worry about this. Go take care of him. I made you more than a conqueror. I made you victorious over him. I made you that he can be trampled under your feet. Right? Right. I gave you promises. And you're over here dealing with this stuff. Hmm. How do I, the mechanics of that is mind-blowing. And I'm not saying i got a handle on it. I'm saying that I'm getting the word on it. God is teaching me. God is showing me. God is bringing some things into my life. But here is verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Ah, it's His good pleasure. Man, He's like, I, I love giving this to you. I love it. I I want to give it to you. I want to share it with you. I, I so desire to do that. In the Garden of Eden, he loved walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. He loved sharing that. Wow. You think he loves the time that you spend with him in prayer and meditation and just... Soaking it in. He's going, that, that's the best part of my day. It's when you come and we talk. Oof. That's what he's saying. I, I like the way he says it. Fear not, little flock. Come here, little, little lamb. <laughs> Come here, little, little doggy. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I love you. For it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he gives us a guide. He gives us a guide. Psalms 119, 104, and 105. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Through what he has told us in his word, 
he gives us understanding of how that happens. And, you know, I'm talking about the mechanics of it. Through his precepts, through this word, he gives us understanding of how this works. Therefore, I hate every false way. How do we know something's false unless we know that God has told us that it's false? Because in this day and age, the things that are true we call false, and the things that are false we call true. The things that are okay we say should be sin. And the things that are sin we call okay. We are messed up. And we have to call it what? By the precepts of God. By His Word. By His truth. Just talk to somebody. You don't need to get in an argument with them. You don't don't need to convince them of anything. Just go out there and listen to their heart. I grew up in a family who had very little idea of what this said. And basically, they, they grew up believing that the modern culture was the way things ought to be. He said, well, you know, if President Kennedy said it or Elvis Presley said it, then that's the way we should do it. Wow. I grew up following Elvis Presley. (laughs) What a role model. It wasn't the Word of God. But thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word. Is a lamp unto my feet. I'm telling you, and I can testify that it's because of this Bible, it's because of His Word, that things have changed in my life. Oh, I see. Not everything of repentance was a knockout, drag out. Oh my gosh, I was a terrible sinner. Some of it was just an enlightenment. Oh, I thought that was okay. And God said, no, that's not, that wasn't okay. Okay, I can change. It's no big deal. I can do it. There's going to be things in your life. Oh, I thought that. I didn't have a tight grip on that thing. And so I just let it go. There were some things that I had invested in. And God said, you got to let that go. And it was a tearing apart from me. It was a tearing from, from the grips of my soul. And he said, better let it 
was hard. But it came because I esteemed the word more than I esteemed myself. Hebrews 4, 9 through 13. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. This concept, this thing called rest, according to the definition of the Word of God, is probably the most misunderstood thing in, I would say, all of Scripture. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion. They don't understand what being at rest in God truly means. How can I be at rest in God? Well, he goes on to explain it. For he that entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of, what's this? What's the next word? Of unbelief. Why is not entering into the rest a thing of unbelief? Because if you're not Entering into the rest of God, you are not believing that God is going to take up His work. It is He that started the work and will accomplish it. It is He that is going to do that thing. But we are so ready to get in there and help God. Better hurry, better, better get it done, better, oh my gosh. And at sometimes, allowing God to move, it's sometimes Him taking the reins. Oh my gosh. Resting and allowing God to do His part is hard. It's one of the hardest things we can absolutely do or do not. But he says here that let, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Unbelief is a sin. Get that. It is a sin. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He said, this book, this word, is able to take your soul and your spirit and divide it into two. Oh. <laughs> have, have I seen that? Absolutely. I've seen it. 
I've seen it operate in my own life. And when I say operate, I'm talking about in an operating room. <laughs> I've seen it lay me open and take me apart and say, Ooh, look at that cancer in Arthur. We're going to have to separate bone and marrow. We're going to have to separate and get that growth of worldliness out of him and bring the difference between soul and spirit. And the Word of God does that. How does it do that? Because it defines what your soul is and what your spirit is. Because you look at the Word of God and you esteem it to be what it needs to be in your life. That is what I choose to have. That's what I want the scalpel to be. I want it to be the two-edged sword that will come and take apart my life so that what? I will be pure and I will be clean. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. We are naked before him with the word of God and said, this is us. How do we enter into his rest? By allowing the Word of God to tell us what to do. I don't have to conjure up anything. I have to allow the leading of the Holy Spirit, the the guidance of the Word of God. Eric texted me this past week, gave me a scripture, and then he said, I'm praying for you. And I wrote him back and I said, Eric, in these times, I I find that I need to be, I need to lead with, with the heart of Christ. And the only way I'm going to be able to lead with the heart of Christ is to have my heart beating at the same time as Christ's heart is beating. I need to know the heart of Christ. How do I I do that? By being close to Jesus. I'm going, my, and I'll say fear, my fear is that I get too far away from him and I don't hear I don't recognize the voice. You know? Talking about somebody who needs to know the rest of God. That's why it says labor to get into the rest of God. I gotta labor. I gotta labor to get into that rest. I know you guys are better at that than I am. But no. God so desires 
for you to enter into the rest of God. By what? Following His words. It should be an easy thing. Why? Because the instructions are written down here. Follow the instructions. A goes to B, which equals C. And then once you get C together, then go find D and then put that together and do, you're going to have E. It, it really should be that simple. Now, simple doesn't always mean easy. <laughs> yeah. But it is simple. Be diligent and stay close to the Word of God. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 16. First Timothy 4, starting with verse 11. Now Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's saying, These things command and teach. And he's giving them instruction. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, be in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given to thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that they, uh, that thy Profiting may appear to all. Take heed, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear these. He's telling them, you've got to prioritize the things that you do while you're dealing with these people. And what I see and what I read here is that he's going, take heed to the word that you're preaching and the doctrine that you're telling these people. Exhort people with the word. Be diligent about the word. Take that as the word. I think Jimmy and I have told you time and time again, and as we take hold of this pulpit, we don't take it lightly. We believe that the purity of the Word is upon our shoulders. And we have to be able to give you the Word. We are accountable for that. And so the reality in First Timothy is take heed unto thyself. Look internally at what you're doing. Take heed unto the doctrine, unto the teaching that you're giving. For in this, for doing this, thou shalt save yourself. How many times have I 
done that. And them that hear, I'm going, having read scripture for years and years and years, things get a little mixed up in my head. And so I'm going, well, it says this, it says this, it says this. So I go back and look it up to make sure that it actually does say that. And then I go, well, it doesn't say that. It says this. I just saved myself <laughs> when I took heed to the doctrine, when I took heed to the word of God, when I looked and I esteemed the word above my own memory, my own thoughts, my own my manipulation of the word of what it was, or what I thought it was. Look at First Thessalonians. I love this scripture. First Thessalonians two eleven through thirteen. First Thessalonians two, eleven through thirteen. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. I want I want to let you know I have been in meetings in, in this place here where we have had men of God who through through Rhema word, through Logos word, who had prophetic words who brought encouragement to the body of Christ. I mean, and they uh, were right on, and we fed off that word for years, years. And it was words that I think were beneficial uh, so beneficial that it's, it sparks growth in people. So I relate to verse 11. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. He's called every one of you into the kingdom. And in that kingdom, there is glory in you to be had and to shed. The glory of God. What is that light source that illuminates out of the kingdom of God? It's His people. It's you. That is the light. The light of Christ that lives within you is the light that's coming out of the kingdom. It's you and the Christ that lives within you. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which you heard of us, you received not as the word of men, but as it is the truth, the Word of God. You didn't receive it like it was Paul. You didn't receive it like, oh, that's Paul. We've seen him before. He's, 
he gets cranky sometimes and he does this and he does that. This, you know, you know, you know, Paul. I heard he killed some people back then. They didn't look at his flesh. They didn't look at who he was. They looked at him as the oracle in which God was using to give God's message. As he says here, as ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God. The next part is beautiful. Which effectually worketh also in you. Doesn't stop there. Which effectually worketh in you. That believe. So, section A are people that don't believe. Section B are people that believe. Okay, you're in the right section. This is a section that believes. Up here, it's Paul. Paul just preaching away. He's just preaching. He's sweating. He's like T.D. Jakes, man. He's just, woo. He's, he's, all, he's all in the Word. And over these people are going, yeah, that's Paul. I ain't doing that. <laughs> I ain't doing that. That's way too much. I'm not going to deny myself and take up my cross. Uh, these people are going, yes, I'm going to take up my cross. So this section, it works effectually in them. Why? Because they had faith for the Word that was working in them. Section A, they went home and ate supper and went off life without any Anything happening. Why? What was the key ingredient? Belief. Belief. Non-believers. Believers. And that was the key ingredient. It effectually. Not just, hey, we believe what he said. No, it was effective in their life. Effective to do what it needed to do. The last scripture, Titus 2. I said that's the last scripture, it's not a lie. Titus chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Now we're going to skip that scripture. We're going to go to Luke 11. Luke eleven, thirty three. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but in a candlestick. But they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thy eye is evil, Thy body also is full of darkness. 
Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give light. He's going, just get yourself right with God. That there's no darkness in you. That when you have light, when God comes and he brings you the word that you shine, why? His glory. His glory. There's a scripture that has, I had it written uh, right by, uh, I see it every morning. Uh, it's Proverbs 4.18. It's, it's right by where I keep my water and it's the last thing that I see before I go downstairs. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. My prayer as I'm going down the stairs, my prayer is, God, Make my light increase daily. In other translations, this is make me shine as the noonday. I want to shine brightly for God every day. Make me shine more and more and more, brighter and brighter and brighter. We can do that. Why? How? How much esteem do you put on the Word of God? In this time, it may be our only source and rescue is God. And He'll give you a way out. It will give you an escape. Uh, and some of it will be through his word. He'll show you. He'll, he'll recall back unto you his word and give you a solid plan to be able to uh, to give that way of escape. Man, good word, Arthur. Uh, Psalm 119, 105 is one of my favorite scriptures. It just reminds me of the importance of the word, showing you where you are and where you could go, where you should go. But look at Psalm 119, 107. This speaks to uh, some of what Arthur's brought to us this morning. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Could you do the NIV, maybe? Please. Just look at the first four, four words. I have suffered much. Would that be anybody here? Have you ever been there? Yeah, we've all been there. Maybe are there. But he calls out, preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. The NET says, revive me with your word. With your word. It's like, just take your word and rub it all over me (laughs) and revive me, strengthen me, heal me, all those things. I think uh, that speaks to where a lot of people are right now. They feel like they've been suffering, but let the word of God revive us. All right. Um, I I need to point out uh, the the way, you know, most of you are aware of the way our uh, tithe and offering system works here, and offerings are used to pay the normal bills, electricity and gas and all that. And... uh, this time of year, we have a couple of things that pop up because of like termite treatment. We pay that once a year, and that's seven hundred bucks just in January. <laughs> it's like whoa. Anyway, we have a couple of big bills, and offering is uh, not covering it right now. And uh, you know, if you uh, are led by God to give an, an additional offering aside from what you normally do in tithe or offering, um, you know, please. Be obedient to that, and uh, I have no doubt, I know, as always, God provides and uh, brings all that we need for what we do around here. And uh, um, so I just need to bring that to you, because without knowing it, you don't know to address it. So, um, let's see. All right. Also, just a reminder, Tuesday night at 7 we have prayer. If anybody wants to join us for that, just come up, look around for where we are, <laughs> either in here or back there. Or back. If it's you know just one or two of us, sometimes it is, you know, maybe just in my office because it's real easy to get that place warm. So uh, anything else before we go? <laughs>